This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is a production of Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. Look at this guy, Chris Landry. Plenty to talk about, as there always is. SEC spring meetings are in the rear view, so I'm sure we'll touch base on that a little bit as well. Kind of like the fiscal year. Uh, it's kind of got going for football, so I love that. Brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. Uh, I was in a bit of a hurry. I drove by there the other day. I was like, I got just enough rub to get by here again. And that's exactly what I want to do because they have all the barbecue supplies that you possibly need. It's phenomenal. And they've got the best grills in the biz. And they were actually recently running the special on this. So I would certainly check them out. But man, when you talk about Owl's Nest Barbecue, you're talking about a group of people that really love barbecue. So they're going to lead you the right way with all their supplies, whether it's chips, rubs, uh, they've got sauces, the whole nine yards and midnight oil right next door. That's where I go to get my car fixed. If you don't go there, I just don't know what to tell you because that is the place to go. Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com where you will know more about football than any of your know-it-all friends. If you go to that website, you just say, no, 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 he's, he's not really a, a four-star guy. He's more like a three-star. I mean, you're dropping that knowledge on him, and uh, you're getting it from Chris Landry, who's coached with Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, so that's pretty strong. Speaking of Nick, Chris, since you have some history, this is old news for some. However, you, you have some connections that some don't. When did Jimbo and Nick stop liking each other because what happened the past couple of weeks that wasn't just recent i mean that there's something there right yeah but it's not like it's something sinister or some great story just a quick background um how they got together now for folks that don't remember jimbo fisher was a um a, a Terry Bowden guy. He played for Terry Bowden at Sanford at quarterback. And then he, Terry hired him at Auburn way back in the day. Terry Bowden was at Auburn and, and Jimbo kind of began his coaching career at the big time level there. But uh, how they got together was, um, and I remember this because I actually uh, recommended Jimbo to Nick when Nick went to LSU. So when Nick was at Michigan State, well, first of all, when Nick and I were with the Cleveland Browns, one of the things, giving an idea into to Nick Saban's mind, one of the things he came to me and he said, because um, I was on the road scouting, he says, um, you, you, you ever, you have any idea who, who out there do you like? Do, do you keep a list of the best coaches, you know, so on and so forth? I said, well, not officially, but unofficially. So we got together one off season and we put together a, a list like you, a form, a scouting form, just like you evaluate players 
to evaluate coaches. And I still use that today in my coaching search work. And when he was, he ended up, this was in Cleveland day. So, you know, I move on and I'm running the Oilers scouting department. Nick goes to uh, Michigan state as the head coach. And uh, when he's there and he's getting, he, he, he's at, at, at certain point, I can't remember it's the second or last uh, year he was at Michigan state. We were talking about young coaches cause we kept in contact and he, uh, I told him, I said, there's a guy at Cincinnati that's pretty good. He's an offensive coordinator named Jimbo Fisher. And, um, and so anyway, we come back later. It was when Nick got the job at LSU and he says, so tell me again about this Jimmy Fisher. <laughs> it's Jimmy Jimbo, Fisher. Jimbo. So anyway, you know, we were, we're talking about, and he did his homework. He liked him, hired him at LSU. They won a national championship. Most people forget that Jimbo Fisher literally stayed at LSU with less miles for a little bit before he went to Florida state. So that's kind of the background. So, so where did it go bad? I don't know that I have that aha moment. I think that, um, first of all, Jimbo is high strung. That press conference is indicative of where he is. He would be, the he would be the type of guy and he was the type of guy that would kind of say things in a meeting just in a spur of the moment, kind of speak before you think type of person. And it got a little, you know, heated now, you know, it's, it's, it never was to the point where, you know, you'd get fired or anything like, but just one of those things where he kind of, he was that way. So that's more of the personality. I don't know that things went bad. Nick at one point had said, and one of the reasons he liked Jimbo was because Jimbo's toughness and teaching the running game. And that's what Nick Staben liked to run back in the day until the modern rules changed and he went to more up-tempo and spread. I think where it got a little crossways was when he went to A&M. Yeah. Um, and obviously you're starting to compete against certain, you know, in recruiting. And then obviously, um, you know, last year there was a little bit of the, I, it, nobody made much of it, but it was a little bit of the, you know, Jimbo at the, the booster function said, somebody asked him, you know, do you have a program now? Do you you think we can, you know, this is A&M now. Do you, you think we can maybe end up, you know, when Nick leaves, begin to win? He said, well, we're going to whip their rear end now is what his comment was. And Nick said, what is he talking about in golf, you know? And so it was a little bit, but that's not much. But there has been a little bit of that. And I think that at least like with Kirby Smart, even with Lane, as smart alecky as he is, there's a lot of respect there. Whereas Jimbo, I think what I've noticed with Jimbo, and I've known Jimbo for 25 years. I've known Nick longer. Jimbo's, you know, Everybody has an ego in coaching. Jimbo's egos, I found, gotten a little bit out of control. Um, and, it, and it started to happen at Florida State. You know, the, here's the other thing people don't know. The Bowdens, the Bowden and Jimbo were, Jimbo was like part of the family. They don't talk anymore. Because Jimbo, you know, Terry and Tommy and Jeff Bowden, you know, Jimbo kind of put the knife in Bobby Bowden. He basically, Bobby Bowden, for, to remind folks, wanted to coach one more year at Florida State. And whether he, it was time for him to move on or not, it, it was. But 
some people thought it's Bobby Bowden University. If you know, so he 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 wants one more year, give him one more year. And Jibble threatened to leave and this, that, and the other, and he was the coach in waiting. And they didn't like that. So they don't really get along now. And and I think a lot of that is when he got that big money offer from Scott Woodard, who was Mark when Mark Emmert was the chancellor at LSU, Scott Woodard was his administrative assistant and he got to know Saban, but he also got to know Jimbo on that staff. And that was a connection. Scott Woodard, of course, went with Mark Emmert to Washington, got the athletic director's job at Texas A&M, hired Jimbo to the big money contract. Of course, Scott Woodard is now back at LSU. He's from Baton Rouge. And so I think a lot of that Jimbo with the money and with the you know, the na- the national championship trophy in College Station that doesn't have a date yet. I think he's kind of taking the attitude, and the Aggie fans love it, but, you know, he just, you know, he uh, I don't think he has as much reverence or respect for Nick as maybe others that have coached with him do, which you can take that any way you want, as a positive or negative. There's a fine line, isn't there, between respect and – overly admiring someone in your profession. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's not an easy balance. Look, this happens more than, you know, I <clears throat> went to, um, a Jets practice with Parcells and Belichick was let go by Cleveland. Bill Belichick's again, was on Belichick staff with the giants. So he's in there with the Jets and I am at a training camp practice, and Parcells is famous for this. Dave, he let into Belichick in the most uncomfortable situation and setting I've ever been in in a practice. And I've had Jeez. Bill Onsbarger dress me down. I've had a lot. Parcells went into it. You bleepity bleep. Dumb bleepity bleep. That's why your bleepity bleep rear end got, you know, bleepity bleep fired in Cleveland. And, and I mean, it was, I mean, it was one of those things I just wanted to go behind a tree. I was uncomfortable. This <laughs> happens more than you think. Um, certain type of guys. Um, Nick can dress you down. Jimbo's been dressed down. Some people handle that better. Like Kirby just, hey, that's the way it was. You know, Lane got him. Lane still kind of, Lane has a different way of dealing with it, right? He's got that smart aleck, young guy way of he respects Saban because Saban kind of saved his career. But he also got dressed down enough to know that, man, he's just been browbeaten enough to where he's he kind of gets his little shots. Jimbo kind of sees himself as, you know, um, you know, uh, like I, I, I you, all the times that Nick did that to him, he, he, I don't think he, it went all that well. And I think Scott Woodard probably said it best last week. <laughs> I ain't getting in the middle of two hillbillies from West Virginia's fight. You know, and I think that, I think that it's just personality. And I think they all have egos, but some could kind of just put it aside and deal with it. Some guys go into a shell and can't deal with it. And some guys fight back and probably put their foot in it like Jimbo did more than they should. So I I, I don't think the feelings are a whole lot different, but this has gotten personal. 
And I just think with with Saban, he is well aware, as many other coaches have told me, with a certain level of specificity, how AM has gone about doing this. Um, they are doing it, and there's Saban is aware of what's going on. He called them out for a purpose and kind of backtracked because I think he was said, hey, you can't go after the schools in the league and all that. But And I just – I think he's gotten too close to the fire. He's gotten too – and I think Jimbo's reacting. I, I think Jimbo's reaction is a strong indicator to me that what I've heard about what A&M is doing – is probably closer to the truth than I even anticipated. And I'm talking about, you know, people say they're they're not, you know, they're they're doing everything by the books. Well, if you're putting things together with a sports agency and you're doing it in recruiting that's technically illegal even though the rules haven't been clearly stressed, Dave, that's what was going on. And that's what's been called out by Kiffin by Saban, those are the only two that have said anything. But every other coach that I speak with says Nick was 100% right. So, you know, most people feel that way and see that. And I think Jimbo has heard a lot of that, and he wants to try to put the kibosh on. We're doing, you know, nothing wrong and all that. And, look, I can't. I got no proof. But that's that's where it's led to – this real disdain, and, man, October 8th is going to be something. And I will tell you, I asked a couple of coaches, head coaches, what was it like in that meeting? <laughs> they said that Saban just didn't, just blew him off like, you know, like nobody's business. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it wasn't content. It was just, they said uh, it was really cold in the room, and we're not talking about the air condition being down to 65. It, it reminds me, there's a really good show on HBO called Mad Men. <clears throat> and he goes up to the protagonist, the head guy, the greatest ad developer of all time. And he goes up to him, Chris, and, the, you know, the, the, the protagonist is so cutthroat. So uh, another one of the lackeys goes up to him that just got demoted. And he says, you know, I, when I think about you at night, I feel sorry. And Don Draper's response is, I don't think about you at all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's, is that not about what it sounds like? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, I don't, I think that, I think Saban had a mission and he had a purpose telling his folks, we're going to have to up the ante in this NIL deal. And he called out somebody and, you know, he kind of, probably shouldn't have specifically said it and just going to let people's imagination go where it needed to go. But that's kind of where it was. And Jimbo's just went all scorched earth on him. I mean, he was unhinged and it's interesting. And it is the storyline of the off season. Cause you're not talking about two guys going at it. We're not talking about two guys from the mountain West. We're not talking about, two, we're talking about the guy that's been, considered the best coach of all time in college football he and bear bryant i mean look there is a lot of things back in the day in the non-information age that people thought and knew about alabama and bear bryant and all that 
no one would dare say anything publicly and not even Chuck Jordan or any of that. I mean, it, but it's a, it's, this is playing out in real life drama and it's going to be interesting. We've got a, you know, uh, the uh, SEC media day coming up. Uh, but I don't think we're going to get anything public anymore. Cause I think that's been told to him. Look, this is for the bigger picture of the SEC. We, and then Jimbo, you could tell Jimbo was told, Shut the bleep up, because he kept saying, I- "I'm moving on. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm moving on." You know how he's fast. <laughs> so I well, you know, it, <laughs> the worst press conferences are the ones that are prepared quickly. I can, I've been to a lot of those. If you throw a press conference together in an hour and a half, that's pure disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, Just and the- here's the thing: <laughs> it was the Wednesday night, and I'm told. That when Jimbo had the press conference on Thursday morning, that press conference that you heard, Dave and folks, Jimbo cooled down from Wednesday night. Could you imagine if we'd have got a little yeah. bit of a clip from the Wednesday night? But I'm told, like if he'd have, like if he'd have zoomed uh, or he'd have just been on a conference at his house. Oh no, it would have been. It would have been you, know, you uh, as fast as he was. But I, I, I said, couldn't you guys talk to A and M folks? Couldn't you guys? Get get him to understand what to say, what not to say. I said, he, when he gets the quote is when he goes all <laughs> mountain man West Virginia on you, it did no telling what's coming out of his mouth. And 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 the thing about it that I caught here's the thing that jumped out at to me more. Everybody else goes on all this name calling. He said, I think he contradicted himself. Jimbo did. Because he said, we did nothing wrong, followed everything by the letter of the rules. And then they said, well, to ask him to talk about the collective and everything. I know nothing about it. I have nothing to do with any of that. And I'm like, well, how do you know that everything was done right if you do nothing about it? Clearly, he knows everything that's going on. If he doesn't, then he's not doing his job as the head coach. But he's trying to distance himself by saying, I know nothing about it. But we did nothing wrong. Well, you don't know that if you're not on top of it. And I thought that's something I've heard nobody talk about because there's too much salacious nature of, you know, um, what's going on. I I think the only thing that's got more publicity is the non-sports stuff. That actor and his his girlfriend slash wife, that trial that went on for two weeks. I forget who it was again. That's the only thing that's got more publicity than these two. It's amazing. I'm really, and I'm really glad the Johnny Depp thing is over. Johnny gotta, Depp. <laughs> yeah. I got I got a real quick one for you. I want to ask you, is Jimbo Fisher one of the three coaches that not fears, not the right word, but that Nick Saban is most concerned about? First, I want to remind everybody that our conversation with Chris is brought to you by Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. They do all of my car work and they can do tires. Michelin is the brand that I select. Um, They can do all kinds of work underneath the hood. And they also have the cleanest gas in town if you want to check them out. Owl's Nest Barbecue also bring you this conversation with Chris. Not, (laughs) man, barbecue's not a food. It's a method. But solely cooking meat at low temperatures, you can cook barbecue at... You can cook it on a $15,000 grill or a $17 discount store crock pot. If it's cooked slow, at low temperature, it's barbecue. And they have all of the supplies you need at Owl's Nest Barbecue. They are awesome. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Give me the top three, both from a an X's and O's, and we got to run here, but give me the top three from an X's and O's and recruiting standpoint um, that uh, coaches that Nick Saban respects the most. Well, in the league, I mean, I think Kirby is somebody that he respects. I think he respects Jimbo. Um, I don't think he knows enough about Brian Kelly, but I think he respects uh, what he's done. And I would say that uh, those would be the three in the league that he would respect probably um, the, the, the most that are, that's coaching now within the league. I think the A&M situation is intriguing because they're in the same division. And if we're going into the NIL business, A&M has got a ton of money to to do whatever they want to do. And I think that's Georgia's clearly the better program than A&M. They're maybe the bigger threat now. But as Nick is winding out the rest of his career, I think he's looking at Georgia on the other side and maybe A&M on their side. Not A&M this year, but in a couple of years, if those guys, those classes continue to be as good, and they can keep the players, that that could be a program that could cause Alabama some trouble on the recruiting trails because uh, Alabama's got a lot of money. A&M's probably number one in this league in terms of money until Texas gets in, and then then it's a one and two, and it's how do you utilize it the most. And right now, A&M has a better structure on how to go and run the NIL. It is Chalk Talk. He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Check him out at LandryFootball.com. Check me out at OffTheHookSports.com. You can see all of these videos as well as videos with current players, as well as videos with sports insiders. So I'd encourage you to check out OffTheHookSports.com. And as everybody's going to ask you to do, please subscribe on YouTube. Apparently that's the next great thing. So, hey, I'll take it. Um, but also follow me on Twitter at the Dave Hooker and beyond. And uh, Chris Landry, again, is a place to go at LandryFootball.com. You're going to learn more football than you ever thought you could. That's Chalk Talk. We'll talk to you again. Brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue and Steve Ray's Midnight Oil.